This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. The title of this sermon is The Love Cure. The Love Cure. And, uh, and so this Sunday is Healing Sunday. And so um, one of the keys to healing is walking in God's love. Amen. And uh, you could say uh, a key to sickness is, uh, uh, is walking out of God's love. So we have to walk in God's love. You know, uh, there's a, uh, a singer, a fa- famous singer, Tina Turner. She sang a song one time, What Does Love Have to Do With It? What's love got to do, got to do with it? <laughs> What's love but a second-hand emotion. <laughs> and uh, who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? All right. <laughs> Anybody remember that song? Did I, did I do a good rendition of it? Come on! Come on! Thank you, thank you. Amen. And uh, what does love have to do with it? Amen. I think I, I kept that tune going. Amen. And... Um, and of course, you know, she was married to Ike, you know, she, you know he was a tough hombre. But anyway, and uh, so she had a tough marriage. But um, the bottom line is love has everything to do with it. Love has everything to do with God. And God, you know, he doesn't just have love. God is love. And, and so we got to get a revelation that God is love. Amen. And we know this, that when Jesus came on the scene, um, it you know, the Bible says that, that Moses brought the law. So he brought the law in, which is the Old Testament, the law. And, uh, but, but Jesus brought grace and truth. Amen. And so Jesus brought the grace of God. Amen. And, and you could say the grace of God is the love of God. Amen. So when God gives us his grace, uh, he's, he's actually showing us his love. So grace and truth, and, and when God gives us our, his truth, then that truth sets us free. Amen? A lot of times what we need to be set free of, not really that we don't really need to be set free of people hurting us, we need to be set free of ourselves. Amen? And so, and so love is the key. And so in John 13, 34 and 35, uh, because in the Old Testament, you know, it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In other words, in the Old Testament, it was like, well, you know, retribution was the key, you know. And so, and so but in the New Testament, um, Jesus talks about more than just getting retribution, but he talks about loving our enemies. And he's talk, he talks about loving people and, and, and praying for those. And so he says to his disciples, and, you know, Jesus just, you know, he's at the end of his ministry and, uh, he, he, you know, he did a, uh, uh, he washed the disciples' feet uh, in that upper room when he did communion with them. And, he, and, and then, then he's talking to them and he, and he says in John 13, 34, after he washes the disciples' feet and he tells the disciples to do likewise. He says, you may not understand why I'm washing your feet. You may not understand that. You know, Jesus is the greatest, greatest lover of all time. Jesus is the greatest servant of all time. He, he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. Amen? For all mankind. So, so Jesus now, now he's speaking to his disciples after being with them for over 
three years or around three years. Uh, he says here in John thirteen thirty four, a new commandment I give you that you loathe, love one another. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, I meant love. Amen. As I have loved you. Amen. That you also love one another. By this, all you will, uh, by this, all will know you that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus is saying here, he's actually saying to us, he's saying, I want you to love people like I love you. And so when you think about that, you know, that's, you know, Jesus's love for us is out of the box love. Jesus's love for us is amazing love. And so Jesus has this selfless love about him. And we know this, that Jesus had no greater love than a man lay down his life for his friends. Think about that. So, so what did Jesus do? He laid down his life, not just for his friends, but he laid down his life for his enemies. Mm, I'm preaching today. He, are you listening to what I'm saying? He didn't just lay down his life. You know, even, even the Bible says, why we were yet enemies... Of the cross, when we before we had Jesus in our life, you were basically an enemy of God. I, I hate to say it to you today, but you know you can say, "Well, I was a good person, Pastor." Yeah, but if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you really, if you're not for Him, you're against Him. Jesus said, "If you don't gather with me, you scatter." Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So if you're not for Jesus then you're for yourself, right? And then the Bible says that if we're not in Christ, then we're basically enemies of the cross. But the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross while we were yet still sinners. So Jesus doesn't only die for his friends, he dies for those that don't even deserve his love. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? So now he's saying to, to his disciples, he's saying that I want you to love like I love. I want you to have this selfless love about you. Amen. That you're not just thinking about yourself. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That you're not just focused on how does this make me feel? Uh, uh, how does this impact my life? And, and, and because we can be, we can focus too much on ourselves and we focus on, on how things are impacting us. But, but do you ever look at how you are impacting things? How are you impacting people? How are you impacting, you know, others? Amen. And we got to look at all that. And Jesus said this um, in Matthew 22 and 37 and 40. He said the two greatest commandments. The Lord asked him, what's the greatest commandments? And he said to love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he said the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commands hang the entire law of the prophets. We know there's over 600 laws in the Old Testament, you got the, including the Ten Commandments. But he's saying that really if you love God and you love people, you're going to fulfill all the, all the rest of the laws. Because we know that the Ten Commandments is based on, you know, a part of the commandments is based on our love towards God. Have no other gods before you, right? And don't use God's name in vain and... And, and these, and then also it talks about don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't steal, don't hurt people. So, so you have the Ten Commandments. It's basically set up in loving God and loving people. Amen. And so when we get a revelation of that, and we get out of ourselves, and we and we start stepping out and being a blessing to others, 
that's when true life hits us. I'm going to say that. A lot of times we're all praying for the blessing. Father, give me the blessing. Give me the blessing. Give me the blessing. I'll be happy when I have the blessing on my life. No, why don't you start becoming the blessing? And then when you become the blessing, you receive the blessing. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we got to get revelation of this. I'm talking to you about love, the love cure. And whatever is, is ailing people, uh, whatever people are dealing with that's hurting them, love is the cure uh, to their affliction. Love is the cure. When, when Jesus uh, was there and ministering uh, in, uh, in, you know, uh, with his disciples, and he was walking around with his disciples. He was healing people and he was delivering people and he was setting people free. Uh, we had this one sick person that, that was, um, was really sick and, and he was really, um, he was a leper. And, and he uh, was not supposed to be in society. Uh, the Jewish people weren't supposed to mix with leopards. They were supposed to be separated. They were considered unclean. And so when the leopard cried out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Um, you know, Jesus healed him, but not only did he heal him, Jesus went up and touched him. I believe Jesus hugged him. And I really believe what healed the leper wasn't just the power of Jesus, not just the, 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 the anointing, but it was the love of Jesus coming out of Jesus, touching that man that hasn't been touched perhaps in years because he was a leper. Amen. He, he, was, he was an outcast. And sometimes we feel like we're an outcast. Sometimes we feel like that, that people have shunned us and, and we felt that we feel like that we don't, that, that nobody cares about us and, and, and that we, we feel that, 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 that there's no hope. But there's always hope in Jesus. And Jesus is always reaching out. The Bible says he's always knocking on the doors of our hearts to see if we will open up the door. He is. He's knocking on the, the doors of our hearts through people. Amen. That's how God gets his message uh, in the world is through people. Amen. See, I'm going to say this to you. You, you may think, well, well, God is amazing and he's perfect and he's the self-sustaining one. He doesn't need anybody. But I'm going to have to say this. He needs you. He needs me. Amen. He needs, he needs us to get, to get the truth out to the world because God loves people. God loves people that are dying. He loves sinners. And the only way we're going to be able to, to bring the sinners to Jesus is that we give our lives out to the sinners. Amen. What, are you hear what I'm saying today? That we start giving our time out. Amen. Our time is precious. Amen. And when we start giving our time out and we start giving out out of a heart of love, God replenishes that love and gives it back to us. You believe that today? So number, we have to understand this, that there's a theology that God is in total control of this planet. And, he, and it's almost as if God is pulling all the strings and pushing all the buttons and that God is uh, sovereign. And so whatever happens, it has to go by God first before it can happen in our life. And I understand that because whatever trial that we go through, God has already already has the answer for our trial. He already has a problem. But we got to understand this, that in our makeup of thinking about God as love, you got to get a revelation is that, that God is not the one 
that, that, that wants to put any kind of pain on our life. He's, he's not the one that puts pain in our life. We got to get a revelation that, that God is not trying to put pain in our life to, to, to mold us into something. No, no, we got to understand that God is good and the devil's bad. I know that sounds pretty elementary this morning, uh, but God is good. He's good. And, and the devil is bad. And, and we got to get a revelation of that because sometimes I think that when we get a bad report, a doctor's report, uh, a report that something's bad is happening, sometimes we get this under, sometimes we can get upset and we say, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this to happen in my life? Well, you know, some things happen not because God is allowing it, it's because maybe we've opened some doors. Oh, I'm preaching today. Maybe, maybe we did something. Maybe we, we stepped out of line. Maybe we sowed some bad seed. Maybe we're reaping a harvest that, 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 we, that we, we deserve. Amen? Maybe, maybe, maybe something's coming back on us. So, so we got to get a revelation that God is good, that the devil is bad. And I like one of my favorite scriptures um, is John 10.10. 10. And I, I, I like to pr- uh, quote this on my healing days is that Jesus said it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. So we see this, that Jesus' whole agenda for our life is to uh, steal from us. And what is, what is, the, what is uh, the devil's agenda for our life is to steal from us. What is he trying to steal? He's trying to steal the word of God from us. He's trying to steal hope from us. He's trying to steal the love of God from us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? He's trying to steal from us. If if the devil can steal the word, he's going to steal our faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so so he comes to steal. Then he comes to kill our joy. He wants to kill our peace. He wants to kill our love. Because if he takes the word from us, then he's going to destroy the peace that the word gives us. He's going to destroy the joy that the word gives us. He's going to destroy the contentment that the word gives us. So we've got to understand this, that the devil will, will, will try to steal the word. And then he will try to kill the goodness of God in our life. And then finally, he wants to destroy our life. And we've, we heard you know, these testimonies, how, how the devil will try to, you know, get you so depressed, he'll try to get you to kill yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Why is the devil working so hard against you? Because I believe, because he knows that there's a destiny that God has for you. Oh, I'm preaching today. The reason why God is working so hard against some of us is because there's a destiny that God has can I preach today? Can, am, can I get a, a witness in a house today? There, there's a destiny for your life. There, there's a purpose. That's the reason why you're here today. Because there's a purpose. There's, there's something that God wants you to do. There's, there, there's God it, it has, a, has, a, has a commission on your life. I said this before. I'll say it again. Sometimes you find yourself in the pit. And the acronym for PIT is Preacher in Training. So are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? That's the acronym for PIT. And, that's, and a lot of times we're, we're, we're just preachers in training. Amen? You know, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we see that Jesus, he, it says here that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And what did he do? He did good and he, and he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. Notice it says that he, he did good and he healed all that were oppressed of the devil. So, so we see here that this scripture is actually saying that the devil does the oppressing. It's the devil that comes against us. God is not oppressing us. It's the devil that's oppressing us. Right? So, so right here, it's saying that, 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 that Jesus is good and he's healing those that are oppressed of the devil. Amen? And so Jesus came to set the record straight. Because before Adam and Eve sinned, it was perfection in the garden. And they had no bad days. They had no blue Mondays. Before the fall of man, they had perfect relationship with the Father. And so what Jesus did was he came to bring us into perfect relationship. And he came to bring us into what's called shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And I'm saying this to you this morning that you're, you're coming into your shalom. You're coming into a place of nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. Because God can, can, can fix us. He can pick up the broken pieces that life deals with us. And he can put us back together. Amen. I know some of us may look like Frankenstein once we put back together, but it doesn't matter if we got bolts on the side of our necks. It doesn't matter if we got a few scars. Glory to God. You know, Jesus still has his scars. He still has his scars in heaven and his scars is his scars of love. Amen. He shows his scar. His sh- he has still holes in his hands. He still has a hole in his side. He still had, he has scars on his head from the thorns that they pressed into his skull. And he, and it's his badge of love. Every time we see his scars, we see his love. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So scars isn't a bad thing to have. Amen. Especially when, when it's faithful or the wounds of a friend. Amen. But deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And, and, and faithful, Jesus is our faithful and true high priest. In James 1.17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow or turning. So we see here that God has only good things for us. And the devil has bad things for us. And if we walk in the light, then we'll walk in God's goodness. If we walk in the darkness, then we'll walk in the evil that the devil has intended for us to walk in. So what's the the answer this morning? Get out of the dark and get into the light. Get out of the darkness that you're in and get into the light of God's word. Get into the light of God's truth. Get into, you know, the lighthouse. You know, churches are, are the lighthouse of God's word. So when you come to church, you're getting into the lighthouse of God's word. Amen. God is a rescuer and the devil is the tempter. In Matthew 4, 1, we see this, that God is not trying to tempt or test or try us 
we see that it's really the devil that tempts and tests and tries us. Uh, Jesus was led up by the Spirit, Matthew 4.1. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by who? The devil. So Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by God? No, to be tempted by the devil. And then we see here in James, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, tested, or tried, that they're being tempted, tested, or tried by God. No, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. So we see here that uh, James got the revelation that, that God doesn't tempt us. We get tempted by the devil and, and, and our own desires can bring us into some bad places in our lives. But thank God, God can strengthen us and keep us from moving into those dark places. And God can encourage us and strengthen us to keep us in the right places. Amen. To keep us in God's love, to keep us in God's light. Amen. And so what happens when we find ourselves in a trial? What happens when we find ourselves in a temptation? What, 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 how should our response be? Well, I'm going to say this. James got the revelation here that he said that we should count it all joy. What? So you get a bad doctor's report. What do you do? Count it all joy. Uh, you get a bill, an unexpected bill in the mail. What, what, what do you do? Uh, count it all joy. Uh, uh, you get uh, you get in an accident, or maybe your pipe breaks in your house. What do you do? You count it all joy. Count it all joy. Yeah, why? Because because God's going to bring you through it. God's going to bring you. When I broke my tire, and it seems like I, I'm always hitting potholes. I, I it's like I got a pothole ministry, and I just seem to hit, every time I'm driving. It, does anybody anybody in here ever always hit the potholes? I, I seem to always hit, I don't know, for some reason, my, my wife says, because you're never paying attention to the road, you know. And, and that might be true, but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thomas drove with me, so he said, that's true. And, uh, and, uh, and so, what am I saying? So I hit that puddle, but you know what? That tire was probably ready for a new tire anyway, and I had insurance on my tires. And that tire was replaced free of charge because, you know, I had uh, put insurance on all the tires, $20 a tire to insure the tires. And, uh, and so that tire was replaced free. And so, and so something good out came out and something bad. Amen. Amen. They said, we, and, I, and I ended up replacing two of those tires you know, because last year I broke my tire too, ran over something. <laughs> Amen. You know, this is my second tire and, 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 the, and the insurance covered it. At, at discount tires. I'm going to put a plug in for discount tires. They're amazing people over there. Amen. And, uh, and I'm not, and they're not sponsoring us here. Amen. And, uh, but God is good. Uh, and so, and so we got to count it all joy. Uh, he says, count it all joy because we fall into various trials, uh, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work that, that you complete, complete and lacking nothing, which means this, that if you don't get out of patience, you're not going to get out of peace. I'm going to say it again. If you don't get out of patience, you're not going to get out of peace. And that's why, you know, Letty stayed in patience. Why Tony went ape. You know what I'm saying? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm messing with you, Tony. And, uh, 
and uh, uh, just went a little crazy. We got water, you know. She says, we got a canoe, you know, amen. And um, are you here what I'm saying today? I know Tony's still a little sweating it out a little bit. It's going to be all right, Tony. Amen. It's going to be all right. Amen. And, uh, but God is good. God is amazing. And so, and so let patience have its perfect work. So that means if we don't run out of patience, we'll remain being doctors. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. But uh, if, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God and he'll give to, to him liberty, liberally without reproach. And he said, but let him ha- ask in faith without doubting. And the person that doubts will receive nothing from God. So we got to make sure that we're walking in faith. So, 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 so basically what James is saying here, he's saying faith rejoices before you see the answer. Well, that's, what, that's the key. Faith rejoices when the symptom comes on your body. Start rejoicing because God's bringing that symptom, taking that symptom off of your body. When the bad report comes, start rejoicing because the answer is coming. We got to keep rejoicing in the process, amen, until we see the possibility of the promise. And so, and so James is saying rejoice before you see the answer. Number two, he's, he's saying that patience, and, and this is my definition, I believe the Holy Spirit gave it to me last night, patience is the ability to wait on God until you see the answer. Amen. Can I say that again? Patience is the ability to wait on God until you see the answer. Amen. Are you listening to what I say? That's what patience, you got to wait on God. But, or, or what are you talking about, Pastor? What do you mean, wait on God? I mean, sometimes you just got to wait on God. You just got to wait until he moves in your situation. You have to stay steady. Uh, in other words, don't let them see you sweat. There's an old saying, don't ever let your enemies see you sweat. In other words, don't, don't break out in a... No, listen, you know, God is with you. And if God's with you, it doesn't matter who's against you. Because you and God, as I always say, is a majority. A thousand may fall at your right and ten thousand at your left. Well, what? No plague shall come near your dwelling. A thousand can be arrayed against you. I'm telling you, but God, if God is for you, then that thousand, the thousand that's arrayed against you won't count. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So patience is the ability to wait on God until you see the answer. And then James says, faith asks for wisdom without doubting, expecting the answer. So when you're walking in faith and you don't know what to do, you need to ask God for wisdom. You need to ask God to show you what you need to do. You, you need to ask God for wisdom in, in moving forward, like, like calling a plumber and, 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 and getting a plumber over to your house when the pipe's down. Amen? You get the wisdom of God on, in your equation. You know, what... what James talked about here uh, in James about counting it all joy. Uh, There's a story in the Old Testament about David. And David at this time in his life, uh, he was running from Saul. And Saul was very jealous of David. And uh, this was before, you know, David became king. He was anointed. And uh, he had the anointing of a king on his life. And he had people following him. David had a a group of, of men and women that, that were following him. And at this time, he was, not, um, he, was, he was running from the king. He was living in a place called Ziglag. And, uh, and, and, and so at this time, he was out uh, 
uh, on an expedition and he was coming back to Ziglag to where his family was at. That's where, where all, all his people that, that he was over uh, lived in that town. And uh, what happened was some bandits came in, some Amalekites, and they came in and they burned the city down and took all the people and all the animals. So when David got there, uh, it was a bad situation. And the Bible says uh, in 1 Samuel 30, I'm not going to read it, um, it says that the men, uh, all his men, these were warriors. And you know, for a war, and it said they cried. And you know, for a man to cry, that's a big deal. Because men don't cry, you know. <laughs> big boys don't cry. Big boys don't cry. Right? And so we're tough, right? Is that right, Doug? We're tough, right? And, uh, and, so, and so these men, these are mighty men. These are the mighty men of, of, of David that walked with David, amen, mighty men that, that took down, you know, armies. These were amazing, but they were crying like babies. Have you ever came into a place in your life where you just felt like you couldn't take it anymore and you just were so desperate you started crying out? I'm telling you, I'm going to say this, that God hears the cries of his people. God will hear your cry. God will hear it and God will come and he will rescue you in your pit of misery. You believe that today? And so David was, was there and even the men thought, talked about stoning David. And that's a bad day when you lose your wives, you lose your, 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 your livelihood, your, your houses. Uh, everything's gone. Everything's burned down. And now even his own men are coming against him. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that David, what he did was, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And what he did was, he did what James said, count it all joy. What he did was, he encouraged himself. He started thinking about God. He started praising the bigness of God. He was, he was worshiping God. He, 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 that's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. And then the next thing he said, did, was he said, I need to get some wisdom. He said, get the ephod. And, and the ephod had stones on it. And, and they would ask God questions. And, and, and the stones, you know, they, they say, would light up. You know, God would do a supernatural miracle. And, and so they would get the ephod. And, and, and he said, get the ephod. And then he prayed, Lord, should we go after these people? And, and, and should, should we try to get our stuff back, get the people back? And the Lord said, go after them and you will recover all. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And I'm saying to you this to you today, that, that whatever you have lost, whatever the enemy has done to, to, to steal something from you, God's going to bring it back to you. He's going to give you double for your trouble. Do you believe that today? I'm telling you, whatever the enemy has stolen, have faith in God. Because he's turning it around, glory to God. He's turning your situation around. I like to say, and I say this quite often, God, you know, I, he's the 180 God. He will turn your situation 180. He's the turnaround God. He's the U-turn God. He's the new beginnings God. Amen. He's the God of the second chance. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we got to get a revelation. So David recovered all, amen, and brought all, and, and overcame the enemy, got all their stuff back, amen. So we got to look at this, that the enemy uh, uh, can't tempt us unless we allow him. 
We, get, we can't allow the enemy uh, temptations, tests, and trials to bring us down. And in 1 Corinthians, it says, No temptation has overtaken us except such as common to man, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able with a temptation. And with, with that temptation, you will make a way of escape. So what, what he's saying here is that whatever test or trial or, or, or even a physical ailment we're dealing with, God's going to make a way for us to escape it. God's going to bring us out of that bad place. Amen? I'm telling you, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. What does that mean? If that's 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5. That's how we fight spiritual warfare. We take captive those thoughts that tell us we're no good. We take captive those thoughts that tell us that we're not going to make it. We take captive those thoughts that tell us we should end it all. No, no, there is a destiny for your life. There is better days ahead. And you must believe, maybe you're in a pit today. But I'm telling you, God's going to turn your, your pit into a place of victory if you respond the right way. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? How do we overcome in these temptations? Jesus said that if you will abide in the word in John 8, 31, 32, and, and, and you shall know the truth, the truth will make you free. In other words, you've got to keep abiding in the word of God. You've got to keep, what does that mean? Get the promises of God's word and continue to meditate on those promises until they become a reality in your life. Don't let go of the promises of God's word. There's a, there's a saying, don't let go of the, of the unchanging hand of Jesus. Have you ever heard that? Don't let go of the, un, don't let go of the promises. No, no, no. Allow the, the promises of God's word. God's truth, as, you, as God gives you revelation of it, it will set you free. Now listen, we're not exempt from storms in life. We're not exempt from bad days. We're not exempt from these things. We're, we're in this walk. It's not, like I said earlier today, it's not all a bed of roses. We're not going to float through life on flowery beds of ease. There's going to be challenges in this life. There's going to be times that it's not easy. Jesus said it this way in the Amplified Classic in John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. Think about that. This Jesus is preparing us, right? He's saying in this world you're going to have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration but then he says, be of good cheer. <laughs> what? Be of good cheer. Why? Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived its power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Think about that. See, Jesus has deprived the power of the world, of the world to harm us. Jesus has overcome the world. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And that means that we can overcome the world. There's a scripture that says, Greater is he, Jesus, that is in us, than he that is in the world. So what am I saying to you today? The greater one, Jesus, is greater in us than what the enemy's trying to do against us. And, and if Jesus is greater in us, it doesn't matter what's against us. 
Because Jesus is going to cause us to rise above all those things. I like what Jesus said in Luke 10. He said, he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. See, see, Satan fell like lightning from heaven. What does that mean? That means that Jesus was looking up because the disciples came back and they came back with a report that the devils were, were obeying uh, their words. They were casting out devils. And the disciples were excited about that. And then, then Jesus said, Satan, you know, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. That means that when Lucifer tried to usurp his authority over God, God spoke the word and Satan fell. Amen. Amen. In other words, Satan is just a fallen angel. But we're redeemed ones. Satan is a, his, he's a fallen angel and he was the anointed cherub of God, but now we received that anointing. That anointing was transposed, it was translated from Lucifer being the anointed cherub to us being the anointed church. And you have the anointing now. You have the power of God now. You have the grace of God on your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And he says this, Behold, I give you authority. I give you power to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy. That means no curse can, can mess with you. What God has blessed, no man can curse. Amen? So he said, you have power to trample over serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, so, so you don't need to be afraid of the devil or what the devil can do to you. No, no, no. He's the one that's, going to, that's afraid of you when you get a revelation of who you are in Christ. See, what the devil's trying to do is keep you from getting a revelation of who you are in Christ. If the devil can keep you dumbed down, keep you understanding who you are in Christ, then you won't be able to usurp your authority over him. And I'm going to say this, you're the head and not the tail. You're the lender and not the bar. You're blessed in the city and in the field. Amen. You're above, uh, you're above and not below. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? That's what the scriptures say that we are. Glory to God. So what do we need to do? We need to keep obeying God. We need to keep obeying God. Three points. Allow the love of God to keep you consistently coming to church. Allow the love of God to, 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 to you know, we come to church, yes, to be built up, but we come to church for each other. I, I listened to these testimonies uh, of the people that came up and the testimonies blessed everybody in the church encouraged everybody and and when when you and when we come together uh with the love of god we're showing the love of jesus and we're, we're we're holding on to each other through this walk through this race in god in hebrews it said let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering hebrews 10 23 and 25 for he who is promised is faithful and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some, exhorting one another as so much more as you see the day approaching. So Paul is saying that there was that day, even back then, 2,000 years ago, when they had churches, they had people that, that, that started backing out of church, not coming to church. Uh, and he was saying, don't do that. No, keep coming out. It's the lighthouse of God. This is a place where you can get filled with God. This is a place where you can give out yourself, where you keep the love going. Amen. Allow the love of God to keep us consistently giving our finances into the kingdom. 
Amen. In other words, uh, you know, we 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 give out to different ministries and missions and all this. What we're doing is we're helping build the kingdom of God. Your finances is building the kingdom of God. It's bringing more people into the kingdom. And listen, the more people that come into the kingdom, the quicker Jesus is coming back. I'm preaching today. In other words, God is looking for more people into the kingdom. The Bible says the reason why Jesus hadn't come back, because God is being patient and he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And so when you come out and you give into the offering and we're allowed and we can support, you know, you're paying for the church and, and, and then helping people all across the world, the missionaries and all that and, and do that. Then we, what we're doing is we're building the kingdom of God. And when we build his kingdom, the Bible says he builds our kingdom. In 2 Corinthians 9, it says, verse 7 and 9, it says, So let each one give as his purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then I love the promise that goes with it. As we give out of a heart of love and thanksgiving, let's keep giving. God is able to what? To make all grace abound towards us that we may have uh, all sufficiency in all things. That we may have an abundance for every good work. So, so what is he saying? He's saying that when we continue to keep giving into the kingdom of God, God is able to bring more finances into our kingdom so that we can be even a greater blessing to people around us. You believe that? So I just want to encourage you. Yeah, maybe times are tight, but, but keep giving into the kingdom so that so the kingdom of God can expand so we can get Jesus back here. Amen? And uh, number three, allow the love of God to keep you from a, being offended. Uh, uh, or uh, let me say again, allow the love of God to keep you from offending or being offended. So allow the love of God, that's my key here, uh, keep you from offending or being offended. Amen? They say this, that hurt people hurt people. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? If you're offended, you eventually will start to hurt somebody else because your offense will turn into a root of bitterness and the Bible says that it can, it can defile many. So, so we got to make sure that we, we get the offense out. We got to make sure that we get the hurt out. We got to make sure that we don't allow hurt to fester in our lives to cause us problems. Amen. And so here in Matthew, and I'm closing down here, it says, Matthew says, therefore, if you bring in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Notice that, that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So he's saying here that if you're giving a gift and you realize that you did something that caused that person to be hurt, what Jesus is saying, get that relationship right. Now, they, you know, you do everything you can in your power to ask forgiveness, to walk in love, but if they don't forgive you, it's on them. If, if, if they shun you, it's on them. It's not on you, amen? You make the effort. You, you, you put your foot, your, 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 your best foot, forward amen you make the effort but you can't get people to forgive you but you can ask them for their forgiveness amen ask ask them to forgive you amen so he's saying that that your your gift will not be blessed unless you're walking in right relationships and mark eleven twenty five and 26 it says whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses 
But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. This is powerful. Some people call that the unpardonable sin. That if you don't forgive, then you're not forgiven. You say, wait, wait, Pastor. The blood of Jesus. Faith. I got belief. Yeah, but you can't be harboring ill will or bitterness towards people and holding that against them. And this is very clear. It says that God will not forgive you of your little sins. In other words, you know, he, you know, Jesus gave that, he gave that story of the guy that was forgiven of millions of dollars and then the guy that owed him thousands of dollars. Uh, he saw on the street and he, and he grabbed him and he said, pay me my thousand or thousand dollars. And the guy said, I'll pay you. And the guy didn't give him any mercy and threw him in jail. And the king heard about it. Right. Remember that story? And, and, and then they took that guy that was forgiven of millions and the king said, throw him in prison and let him be tortured until he's paid all. Amen. In other words, uh, we need to walk in forgiveness or the torturer is going to come into our lives. You might not be able to sleep well at night. Let's put it that way. And so we need to understand this, that, 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 that God is a good God and that we need to understand that because Jesus forgave us, we need to forgive others. Keep walking in love and mercy. Uh, the Bible talks about in Proverbs 3 and 4 and 5, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart so you'll find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Mercy and truth. Allow that to be a part of your makeup. Be a uh, person that walks in truth. Now, I'm, listen, if somebody does you wrong... Uh, it's okay to go to them and say, listen, I felt like you did me wrong uh, and try to get that right, worked out. You know, don't, don't just uh, say, well, it's okay. It doesn't bother me. No, no, no. Sometimes you need to talk it through. Jesus says, if your brother offends you, go to them and, and, and try to talk to them and get it right. So it's okay. It's, it, it, it doesn't help just to be silent. Well, you know, sometimes you just need to get, get it talked through. Amen. And, and, so, and so, so we need to talk through it. I'm telling you, this life is relationship-driven. The kingdom of God is relationship-driven. What do I mean by that? It's, uh, the kingdom of God is relationship-driven. What I mean by that is it, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and do you know Jesus? It's not, what, it's not just knowing some knowledge. It's not just having some, knowledge about Jesus, uh, having some knowledge about Jesus. Oh, yeah, I know he went to the cross. Yeah, but is he your Savior? <laughs> I, I, I know the Bible is good, but yeah, but do you read it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, I know that church is important. Yeah, but do you come out? <laughs> you know, I mean, are, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Or are you actually being a doer of the word of God? Are you, are you being consistent in walking in that love of God? And when you get consistent in walking in the love of God and you become a doer of the word of God on a consistent basis, you're going to be like the man that, 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 that builds his house on the rock. And when the storm comes in life, which the storm is coming to all of us, your house, because there's two people, one built on the sand of life and one built on the rock of life and and the one that built on the sand when that storm came it was a great fall but the one that built their life on the rock uh they kept standing and i'm saying this to you i'm decreeing today today you guys are building your life on the rock 
You guys aren't sand builders, glory to God. You guys are building your lives on the rock because you're not just hearing the Word of God, but you're appropriating the Word of God. You're doing the Word of God to the best of your ability. And as you continue to walk in the light, as He is in the light, you will have fellowship because that's what love is all about fellowship. You will have fellowship with the Father. You will have fellowship with one another. And you will have sweet, sweet relationships. And I'm telling you, your life will take on a whole new meaning. Did you receive it this morning? Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, oh, that you are knocking on the doors of each one of our hearts. Father, you're knocking on the doors of those uh, hearts of those that are watching online. And perhaps you're here today in the audience or perhaps you're watching online and you know it's time. You're, you, you're, you're, you keep vacillating between the world and towards God. You, you're one foot in the world at times and you're one foot in God. It's time for you to move out of the world and move fully into God. Just give God all your life. And so make Jesus not, not just Lord, uh, but make him not just Savior, but make him the Lord of your life. So if that's you today, uh, just pray this prayer and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I, believe, uh, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your love and compassion. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.